Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mysterious shortwave radio broadcasts have been heard often on air since the 1950s. They usually consist of a sampled or synthesised human voice reading out random strings of digits, usually in groups of five. They are in various languages and accents that don't always match where the signal seems to be coming from. There are a few variations too. One now defunct broadcast consisted only of a random sounding bell or chime sounds, where others consist of other bizarre patterns of sound. They can appear out of nowhere and disappear just as quickly. Confusion about their purpose has led many to believe that they're related to intelligence services or extraterrestrial life. Judge for yourself today on Mysteriously Listed. Number 10. The Lincolnshire Poacher Evidence suggests that the Lincolnshire Poacher began operating in the 1970s and was transmitted from the island of Cyprus. Broadcasts began with electronically produced notes to the tune of the Lincolnshire Poacher, which is an old English folk song. This was followed by a happy-sounding automated female voice reading out a series of numbers. When she read out the final two numbers, her voice took a noticeable upward inflection, not much unlike my own, thank you reviewers for noticing. For those interested, I will play a short clip of it now. This station is believed to have been maintained and operated by MI6, which is the British Intelligence Service, but it has remained inactive since 2008. Transmissions were sent simultaneously on three different frequencies to prevent any attempt to stop the broadcast, in particular from Iran. Number 9. The Soviet Union Space Station In the early 1960s, the space race was on between the United States and the Soviet Union. The competition between the two nations was fierce, and whoever successfully made it into space first was obviously going to have bragging rights. The American tragedies that followed as a result of their attempts to reach space are well publicised. But maybe you aren't aware of those of the Soviet Union. At the time, many radio hams were building their own amateur radio equipment. 
that allowed them to hear frequencies between the space stations and the home base during their voyages. Two brothers in Italy named Achille and Giovanni Giuseta were way ahead of anyone else in their field. They were able to tune in to all the Soviet Union space frequencies and they recorded their findings. In May of 1961, the two brothers picked up the transmission from a Soviet Union frequency that chilled them to their core. It was of a female voice that was clearly in distress. For those interested, I will play a short clip of it now. The woman was heard speaking in Russian, but when it is translated, she is saying, I feel hot. I can see a flame. Am I going to crash? Yes, yes, I will re-enter. It is then the transmission cuts out. Three days after the recording was made public, the official Soviet news agency, TASS, announced a foul re-entry of a satellite that was the size of a bus. However, the launch had not been previously announced and the satellite was never previously mentioned. To this day, the Soviet Union has never acknowledged the alleged incident and the identity of the woman still remains completely unknown. Number 8. The Gong Station After World War II, the relationship that developed between the United States and Russia is often referred to as the Cold War. During this period, there were many international tensions, including the Vietnam War and the Cuban Missile Crisis, not to mention the Berlin Wall and the growth of weapons of mass destruction. It would be at the end of the Cold War that radio operators all over the world started to pick up some bizarre broadcasts. Messages would open with a series of chimes that would be followed by a woman shouting out coded number groups. It is thought that they corresponded with times and places of designated drop points for active spies. This recording is probably the most disturbing that I have listened to for this episode. For those interested... I will play a short clip of it now. One known listener was an Air Force printer. He copied and handed off more than 16,000 sensitive documents to the US government that were included in broadcasts on the gong station. The results of these findings were never released to the public. A popular theory is that these sounds could be coded messages from government agencies, but there really has been no evidence to support this speculation and many years later, 
this mysterious and very, very creepy station is still unexplained. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Number 7. The Backwards Music Station Despite the name, this station does not actually play backwards music. However, what it was broadcasting is still a mystery. The signal appeared on several frequencies throughout the United States and Europe and seemed to be highly encrypted. The sounds were very high-pitched, with a few louder bangs mixed in. They were not known to follow any schedule, and they never repeated any recognisable pattern. Listeners to this station did liken the sounds to a well-mating call. And I feel like I'm repeating myself here and will throughout this episode, but its purpose and origin was unknown. For those interested, I will play a short clip of it now. Now, it is possible that this radio station is still broadcasting, though there has been no published recording since 2009. But what does it all mean? It is thought that the station's messages are broadcasted in a compressed format that creates a distorted sound. Some theories believe that this is a spy communications network, some sort of system to signal each other, or maybe something more sinister. Others believe that this radio station may originate from the United States, in particular naval bases in the southern coast of the country. This is because the frequencies are similar to that of naval frequencies. Those who subscribe to this theory believe that the station may be broadcasting from Virginia Beach, Jacksonville or Florida. However, others still believe that the radio signals originate from England as the frequencies seem to be relatively more stronger there. Number 6. Swedish Rhapsody Swedish Rhapsody is a Polish state security station believed to have been transmitted out of Poland since the late 1950s. Transmissions were signalled with a Luxembourg poker, but you won't see it be referred to incorrectly as a Swedish Rhapsody No. 1, hence the name of the station. It then communicates a series of 100 number groups in an automated voice that sounds almost eerily childlike. For those interested, I will play a short clip of it now.
The voices thought to have been generated by tweaking the pitch of the Stasi Sprutch machine and was used until 1998 when it was replaced suddenly with the same American female voice used by the CIA in their Cynthia station. Why and how did they change it to this particular voice? There's an interesting side fact there. Poland joined NATO in 1999, becoming a military alliance with the United States. Coincidence? Did the CIA help this number station finish whatever mission that they were attempting? Number 5. The Squeaky Wheel This shortwave radio station first started its broadcast in 2000 and soon earned its nickname The Squeaky Wheel. This is because the high-pitched two-tone signal apparently sounded like a squeaky wheel. The station is believed to be part of the Russian military communications network and possibly broadcast from the S-52 transmitter, which is located in Rostov-on-Don in Russia. This disturbing noise could be regularly picked up until it suddenly changed in 2008 to two more plainer tones, and that's the way it has remained to this day. For those interested, I will play a short clip of it now. Although information on this radio station is sketchy at best, it is believed the signals are sent out to keep the frequency free so it can be used if needed to instruct military personnel in the event of an emergency. Although this has never been officially confirmed, and if this was the case, then why use such strange sounds? This does not make any sense if it's just to keep the frequency open. Number 4. The Pip The pip is thought to be closely related to the squeaky wheel and is a shortwave radio station that broadcasts during the day on one frequency and that changes at night to another, only to change back the following day. The pip has broadcasted 24 hours a day, non-stop, without fail, since 1986. It is basically a series of beeps that occasionally get interrupted by voices in Russian. And although I will refer to this station as the PIP today, and that's what it's referred to in English, Russians call it Kapla, or the drop. For those interested, I will play a short clip of it now. The purpose of the PIP is completely unknown although there is speculation that it is used to send out coded messages and instructions in the event of a military crisis. But like a lot of the cases today, we just have such limited information on it. Number 3. 
Yosemite Sam number station. Just before Christmas in 2004, a signal was picked up all over the United States. It was being sent every 50 seconds and consisted of a short data burst followed by some jumbled speech. It was established that the transmission was going through four separate frequencies. But what's strange about this number station is that the speech clip appeared to be the voice of the Looney Tunes character Yosemite Sam. He was saying, Varmint, I'm going to blow you to smithereens. Over the Christmas period, the transmission stopped, only to start again on January 14, 2005, on a completely different frequency. For those interested, I will play a short clip of it now. The signals attracted the attention of two licensed radio operators who were able to trace the signals to the Laguna Indian Reservation in New Mexico. They confirmed the source of the transmissions as the Mobility Assessment Team and Interrogation System, or the MATIC Centre, which is a military facility that develops mobile communication bagging cooling systems for the United States Army. After the discovery, the signals abruptly stopped and have not been heard again since. And any reference between this station and the MATIC centre completely disappeared. It's interesting as the location where the sound was supposedly coming from was very close to Albuquerque. And in the Looney Tunes cartoon that is mentioned in the transmission, there's also reference of, I know I should have turned left at Albuquerque. Now, of course, it isn't known for certain if this was something that was done on purpose, but I would think it was an unlikely coincidence if it wasn't. And although we can be somewhat sure that the Yosemite Sam broadcast came from the military, we may forever remain uncertain of its intended purpose. Number 2 Lost Boy Larry On Tuesday, August 7, 1973, a panic-sounding child shook CB radio operators around the New Mexico area, pleading for help over the airways. The boy said his name was Larry, he was seven years old, and he'd been on a hunting trip with his father. The child said he was currently trapped in a red and white pickup truck with his father, and that his father was unconscious after a car accident where the truck flipped into a gully which jammed the doors shut. Larry said he had no food or water and was trapped inside the vehicle. He went on to say that he had no idea where he was. Making matters worse was the fact that Larry would consistently change CB channels in a panic. CB radio in the United States is a series of 40 channelized radio frequencies that can be used without a license. These transmissions can be broadcasted by anyone with a CB radio within a particular radius. And in this case, due to the atmosphere in New Mexico being very open, Larry could be heard by CB operators in California, Wyoming and even as far as Canada. 
The police conducted a search of the New Mexico mountains where local authorities believed the signal had originated from, and thousands of people volunteered to help with finding the lost boy and his injured father. But because these searches weren't just organised by the police, they quickly became disorganised and areas were missed. The media picked up on the story and Lost Boy Larry became national headlines for several days. But as hours turned into days, Larry's signal faded, which the authorities assumed was due to the CB radio battery going flat. This brought a renewed urgency to the rescue mission. Adding further frustration to the investigators, pranksters began mimicking his voice over the airwaves. On Saturday, August 12, five days after the first transmission was received, the police still could not find them and Larry stopped his pleads. And since no missing persons report was filed looking for a missing father and son, the authorities declared the whole thing to be a hoax and cancelled all search efforts. However, no one ever came forward to claim responsibilities and no suspects were ever named. Were Larry's cries for help a fraud, or did a young boy die trapped and alone? Number 1. UVB 76 UVB 76 is a famous and mysterious shortwave radio station located in Russia. UVB-76 was previously located in Paverio near Moscow. It was detected sometime in the late 1970s to early 1980s during the Cold War. It was nicknamed the buzzer because of this distinctive short buzzing sound which played over and over and over. If you were lucky, you would be listening when on the rare occasion the buzzing was interrupted by a voice reading out a short string of numbers and words spoken in Russian. The sounds of the buzzer have changed throughout the decades. When it first originated, it could be heard as a two-second repeating beep and then changed to the familiar buzz sometime in the early 1990s. The tone changed once more to what we hear today on January 26, 2003, to a higher tone for a longer duration, though it has since changed back to its original pattern. For those interested, I will play a short snippet of the sound now. The buzzer's activity has increased since the 1990s, while this might also be linked to the increase of listeners to the station. After a while, listeners start to pick up sounds other than the coded messages and the consistent buzzing. Muted conversations and noises were heard behind the buzzing, which led researchers to discount the theory that UVB-76 was just a recording. Despite a few months at the end of 2010, UVB-76 has not stopped its transmissions, but they have become increasingly strange. In September of 2010, the buzzing was even disrupted by a short instrumental of Swan Lake. No one has ever been able to crack the code of the buzzer's mysterious and strange messages, 
though it is believed to be most likely military in origin. One of the more popular theories is that it's part of the Russia's dead hand nuclear failsafe system. This follows the belief that UVB 76 is kind of like a switch, that if it ever stops transmitting its tone, then it automatically activates a nuclear weapon. We know this isn't the case because, while it sounds exciting, the buzzer stopped in 2010 for a period of time and we are all still alive. Thank you to Scott of Amazing Maine Podcast for his assistance in helping curate today's list. What would you like to see next mysteriously listed? Do you have a particular theme that interests you? Contact us on Facebook and Instagram at Mysteriously Listed and on Twitter at Mysterious List. To find out what inspired us this episode, our favourite podcast, if you wish to learn more about the cases we discussed today and to listen to each episode, please visit mysteriouslylisted.com. Due to several requests that we have received, we now have a Patreon. If you would like to show your support, become a patron for as little as a dollar a month to receive access to exclusive content and merchandise for Mysteriously Listed and our partner podcast, Beyond Your Nightmares. Visit patreon.com slash mysteriously listed for more information. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash mysteriously listed. If you like what you have heard today, we would love your support by sharing on your social media of choice. You can also help the show if you could rate, review and subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Audio production, research, additional writing and hosting is by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.